The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion, to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages, and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second-class citizens. We're just different, and we need to embrace that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Introvert's Edge. I'm super excited to introduce my next amazing guest, John David Mann, who I have to, he has written over two dozen books. I know we think most people are just happy to get one book at some stage in their life, and he has written two dozen, and seven of them are New York Times best-selling books. I mean, that's amazing. And I, I, so I'm not going to say anything more about him. I think that's impressive enough. So John, welcome to the show. Thank you. So great to be here. So I have to say, I'm really excited about your story because most people would assume that a writer such as yourself would spend 90% of their time, 100% of their time hidden away in like a mountain cabin, never having any contact with people. Yet you've been responsible for seven New York Times bestsellers. So I'm really excited to hear about your story and, you know, how your struggles with introversion, how you overcame them to get to where you are today. I don't think that, that introversion and extroversion is necessarily an absolute either or thing because I think that, um, and I also think that things can change over time. I mean, as a young man, as a kid and as a young man, I was very outgoing. I identified myself, my, my sort of my identity, my, uh, my persona within my surroundings, my classmates and all my friends was I was the class clown. One teacher actually called me that on a report card. Um, I was talkative. I was ebullient. I was, what can I say? The one word, extrovert. I mean, I was an outgoing kid. Um, and when I went through adolescence and I spent a year being very depressed and I had, you know, very difficult time talking to girls and I was very shy about dating, which I never really did. And just between the time that I was this happy, ebullient kid and the time that I was this 20 something proto adult, uh, it, I don't know if I became a different person. I don't think it's that. I think that we have different layers and sometimes the early layers kind of rub off a bit and more of our true self emerges. And I think that at my core, I've discovered that I'm profoundly introverted person, but I had these public skills in a sense when I was young. In my 20s and even into my 30s, I did a lot of public speaking. I mean, I was out in the world. I was, uh, some friends and I started an alternative high school and I was kind of the voice of the school. I was the public spokesperson. I was very comfortable on stage. But here's a weird thing. I am still completely comfortable on stage. Put me in front of 5,000 people, I am good to go. Put me in front of 15 people and I am very uncomfortable. As a career and as a day-to-day mode of existence, what it took me a long time to discover was where my comfort zone really lay, where my, where my skill set really lay, is that it takes a lot of energy for me to be with a group of people. It takes, you know, I'm happy being on stage giving the talk, but after the talk, when you mingle, which you got to do, right? The mingling part, it isn't that I don't like it, it's that it's exhausting for me. It drains me. I know other speakers who are the opposite. It feeds them. Um, And and that's true with parties. Parties drain me. They don't feed me. 
being with a group of, my maximum group is about two, maybe three. And I'm nourished by that. Go past that and, and I, need a, I need like a two day nap afterwards. <laughs> Uh, so it, it's, it took me a while and through a tortured series of different careers to kind of figure out what my own makeup is and how it works and how I can use it in the world. That's really interesting, John, because a lot of people assume that if you're an introvert, you just can't be, have a stage presence. You can't be successful in that, that genre. And we've had a lot of people on, uh, on the show that have talked about how they gradually over time became more comfortable. But to be comfortable in front of lots of people and then not comfortable in front of a few, there's only a couple of people that have really said that. Ryan, uh, Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer said the same thing. He said, you can put him in front of a whole group of people. He just imagines he's talking to this abyss of people and he's fine. But if he's got to speak to 15, he's climbing the walls. And that's why he's always created these really big conferences, because that's the only way he feels comfortable. It's funny that you're, you're saying a lot of uh, the same things. But again, the, the definition, there's so many definitions of introversion. But yours really is that when you're around people, it takes your energy, not feeds you energy. And that means you still have to push yourself to do these things, because you know it's going to be a chore. Yes. It also means, I mean, you'll hear, if you listen closely, you'll hear a lot of uh, film actors or television actors uh, in interviews say that they're really a shy person. And you, know, you tend to go, oh, come on, give me a break. You're a shy person and you're on movie screens, you know, 500 feet wide. They're not BSing. It's true. They could be very public in terms of appearing before millions of screens and very awkward in person. It's, that's kind of, that's, that's how it is for me. That's the, or that general dynamic. And here's another implication of that, which I think is, is really valuable, is that not only may other people not understand that, I mean, if, if, if you're a public person or have a public face in any way, and you say that you're shy or you're introverted, not only may other people not understand that, you may not understand that yourself. For years, I kind of grappled with this idea of maybe I just don't like people, maybe I, or maybe I'm antisocial. I mean, I couldn't kind of figure it out. And it, 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 looking back now, I realized that it presented a challenge for me to accept myself for who I was, not to sound too, you know, head speak about it, because I, I would say, oh, what is, what's, what's with me? Do I not like people? Am I antisocial? No, I'm not antisocial. I don't dislike people. It's just that dynamic that you mentioned before, that it, it, it saps my, it drains my energy. It takes energy out of me to do that particular dynamic. I, I love people. I think people are charming. I think they're lovely. I would love to email with all of them. <laughs> Preferably not meeting in a room with 25, however. <laughs> when you have to do those extroverted activities that you do comfortably, do you still have to muster the energy to do that and psych yourself up to do that? Or are you comfortable just to say, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Or do you still pick and choose what extroverted activities and whether it's or not it's important enough to do? The answer to that is, is by and large, yes, I do need to psych myself up is not quite right. Uh, and it's not rev myself up is I sort of need to get it in, in that space, get that preparation. Um, I love to do uh, talks when I'm really prepared. <laughs> there have been times in my life where I was so in the groove that I could just, you know, I could just drop everything and just go and be fine. But mostly I need to really kind of have my, all my ducks in a row and have everything lined up and kind of, and kind of be ready to do it. Um, something like what we're doing right now is 
easy for me. This is not uncomfortable at all. This doesn't drain me. Uh, when we finish talking today, I'll have a higher energy level than when we started. Because for me, this is like a conversation with you. And I know that there are, you know, there could be any number of yous on the other end of this seeing this. But for me, it feels, it feels intimate. It feels personal. And that's not difficult for me. Um, but, but yes, to answer your question, the, those public things, ugh, I have to get ready for that. I actually see that you do a lot of preparation. Uh, just coming into this show, you sent me notes and said, here is what I think the topic points should be, or you know, here are some of the things that we could discuss. And I think that that sets you up for success in a lot of ways because you've actually thought through. I told you, I warned you, the show was going to be different. And I, I said we'd be talking about your introversion and the fact that it's not the standard podcast. And what I found is a lot of people that I've interviewed have really thought about what they want to say because it's a new topic helping other introverts is important to them and they've also they understand that it's something that's personal to them and as a result of because they're talking about something at an emotional level that's difficult sometimes being prepared helps and so i i would love for you to just chat about that because you've talked about your preparation for going to do speeches your preparation for being on podcast interviews those sorts of things whenever you tr go to one of those extroverted kind of activities do you find yourself firstly trying to become more extroverted or do you find yourself using strategies instead and then secondly how much preparation do you do before you do those activities i generally do a good amount of preparation it's just it's my nature uh, i i my first career was as a concert cellist i grew up in a, in a family of classical musicians my father was a, a choral conductor as well as a musicologist and and um so it, it's my training and my background is to learn a piece of music. I mean, a classical cellist, I'll learn a Beethoven sonata. I'll learn a box suite. I'll learn that, you know, note for note. I, I don't come from a jazz background. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no freestyling for you. <laughs> yeah. Improvising is not, is not my native milieu. It's not my native language. Uh, uh, you know, cl that classical preparation and knowing every note and then being spontaneous within those, the confines of that, of those notes. It's like learning your lines for a play and then, and then, and then running with it once you know the part. Um, that's what it's like for me. I, I think I would be very comfortable as a stage actor because it's a similar thing. The notes become a container. When I understand that container completely, then I can slip into that and I can feel totally relaxed and totally free. Um, in, in terms of, of, of what do I, you asked a question about, you know, sort of strategies or tactics or whatever about, about you know, coping with that situation. One thing that I do when I'm, in any kind of being in front of people place is I carefully take my attention off of, I wonder what I look like. <laughs> I wonder what impression I'm making. I wonder what they are thinking of me. I, I, had, I consciously, I've learned to do this, to take myself out of that place and put myself into the place of, what do I have for them? What do I have of value? What do I have to say or what do I have to offer? What do they need? or what would they be able to use? So it's really, it's, it's the go-giver idea. It's putting my attention on them, not what do they think of me? It's like, what's going on with them? What can I do for them? What can I offer them? That puts me in a place of being very, very comfortable. You've done an amazing job at, 
at branding yourself and focusing on getting your name out there. I mean, you're a ghostwriter. I mean, you, sh you shouldn't have your name out there where everybody knows it. And you've got books that you've co-authored. You've got books that you've written in, in, in partnership with other people and then books that you've, you've ghostwritten. But very few people get the, the honor of, of putting their name on, on, other people's, on other people's books, other people's ideas and being a, a, a writer in such high demand. And you know, you could quite easily hide away now inside your office and people would reach out to you, but you still do so many different things where you'll speak or you'll do podcast interviews and you constantly keep your brand out there. I'm, I'm gonna ask you, and I'm gonna go in the next session, I'm gonna ask you a lot more about the strategies, but I'm gonna ask you, why is it that you still participate in those activities? Now that you've kind of mastered those strategies, do you, do you actually enjoy it now and in being involved in those processes? I normally don't. <laughs> my, and we'll talk about this more, I know, in the next session. My, my normal modus operandi is to be the guy behind the curtain, the guy doing the writing. Um, you know, one reason my name's in a lot of those books is that, is that, you know, many of them are not just me ghostwriting as in writing that person's story, but I put a lot of myself into the book. So, for example, The Go-Giver with Bob Burr, that whole series, that isn't even ghostwriting. That's like Bob and me 50-50. That's our joint effort. Um, and a lot, even like Brandon Webb, the Navy SEAL sniper of those books, they're about Brandon. They're about military life. I've never been a sniper. I've never been in the Navy SEALs. I am not a SEAL. But I still put a lot of my values, my experience, my, my thoughts in there. So it, it's a, more of a partnership, I think, than, than, uh, than many ghostwriting situations might be. You know something about that, given uh, what you did with your book, which I love. Maybe we'll have a chance to talk about that. I thought that was so fantastic, what you did. And my hat's off to you um, and to him. Uh, but, you know, I normally don't do a lot of the upfront promotional activity. I do in some cases, like with the Go-Giver books, just because uh, they are so important to me and there's so much of me in them that when we launch a Go-Giver book, which we'll do next spring, Bob and I both go out and do a lot of podcasts. For the book I'm doing right now, I'm self-publishing, which is something I just have not done. And that's been a huge step because it's, it's meant that I have, have to step into the place you're talking about kind of whole hog, which yeah. was a big decision for me. Um, so the short answer is normally I don't, but sometimes I do. <laughs> so it sounds like to me, it's, it's gotta be important enough for you to do it. Yes. And I think that's a really important milestone because a lot of introverts, if they're struggling to promote, maybe the success of their business isn't as important to them as the fear of doing that. And that can be a misalignment. Maybe they're working on a project or a business that they're doing because they think they can make a lot of money or because it's convenient right now. It seems like you attach yourself to what is important to you and you put energy behind that. And I think that's a really, actually, I think in the next session, we'll spend a little bit of time about working, um, really discussing how you pick your projects and what you allocate your energy towards. And I think that would be a, a really powerful th thing to have uh, as, on a session as well. But John, thank you so much for giving so much great value in this session. I really do appreciate it. It's absolutely my pleasure. I love this venue. I love the topic. I love the exchange. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Well, very welcome and I've been ecstatic to have you. And for everybody that's watching, that's enjoying this episode, I'd love you to come to the website and check out this, the second session, which will be available at theintrovertsedge.com forward slash John. And if you're also really enjoying this content, please subscribe to the podcast. Please post a review because the more subscriptions we get, the more reviews we get, 
the more we raise in the charts in iTunes and have the opportunity to help more introverts increase their success in both business and in life. Until next time, I'll see you soon. I'm Matthew Pollard, the author of The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I'm on a mission to help introverts to be proud of who we are. For the first time, you'll learn a process for networking that feels comfortable and authentic to you as an introvert. A process that doesn't feel salesy or awkward in any way. I saw at least half of my board members, three in particular that I can think of, that now are so comfortable in literally going up to people at events, all of a sudden I can see the confidence. Most of the networking books and literature out there really focus on hardcore tactics designed for extroverts. As introverts, we're different and we need to embrace that. We need a system that allows us to channel our natural introverted strengths into the networking room. You will learn how to be successful at face-to-face -face networking and a masterful online networker on your terms. It's beautifully written and it provides tremendous value. So I, I, I am honored to, to say, folks, if you haven't looked at the book, you really need to check out this guy's book. It's, it's excellent. It gives you that confidence to truly be yourself, knowing that you're going to be presenting yourself in a way that is authentic and will also really resonate with the person that you're talking with. One of the things you'll love about the Introvert's Edge to Networking is it's jam-packed full of more than 20 stories of introverts just like you. People that have likely started in much tougher spots than where you are right now and how they've leveraged the strategies that you'll be learning to obtain phenomenal career and small business success. I was about to give up on my business. The results started coming in right away. In fact, a year later, the Chamber of Commerce awarded me the business of the year. <laughs> you need to go read his book because everything he does is what people need, whether they're an introvert or not. I've been fortunate to receive endorsements from some exceptional introverts like Neil Patel and Ivan Meisner, the founder of the world's largest networking group, BNI. What I love about the introvert's edge is that it talks about the things that make an introvert successful. The introvert's edge to networking is going to destroy all of the barriers that you have around whether success in networking is possible for you. Now I'm up to kind of five figures, you know, triple my prices or more. It was like the deals just kept coming in and coming in and it, I mean, it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it before. I was able to triple my revenue and that's happened within six months. We've gone from 10 million a year to 20 million a year. I wrote The Introvert's Edge to networking after the success of the first in the Introvert's Edge series, which focused on sales. I decided that it was just as important, perhaps even more so, that we had a networking book that was designed to help us as introverts dominate in the networking room and in online networking that was specifically written for us. So if you're an introvert, don't delay. Head to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking to get access to the first chapter of my new book completely for free today.